First of all, the word equip comes from the Greek word, and I'm going to try and say it right, katartismos, katartismos, okay? And that just means equip or equipping, okay? And this, the simple definition for it is this. Um, it means prepared for its full use or completely prepared and ready to be used for the task at hand, okay? And in particular, the three areas that equipping deals with is this, doctrine, everybody say doctrine, okay? We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. And then interpretation of scripture and ministry skills, okay? Ministry skills can be any way, any, anything from ushering in, in the front lobby um, to street evangelism to uh, discipling others, knowing how to, to make a disciple and knowing how to disciple people. Um, it can also be uh, a part of, of that, of, of ministry skills can be the operation, knowing how to operate in spiritual giftings, okay? Finding out what that is and if, what you have and what God's blessed you with. Obviously, we can all operate in the gifts, but a lot of times we're gonna operate a little more prolifically in a gift or two or three, um, depending on how we flow with the Holy Spirit and kind of how he leads us, okay? We'll all have a natural inclination to different gifts. And that's just because God's made us all different. And that's a cool thing. Amen? So we can all work together. So, um, and then, and I just want to define doctrine for you because I think we hear the word doctrine and it's a real Bible word too, kind of like equip or equipping. Doctrine is real simple. All it is is this, okay? It's simply what the Bible teaches about any subject. That's what doctrine is. What the Bible teaches about any subject. That's doctrine. If you wanted me to just really simply say what it is, okay? Now, I understand, and I, I know we all understand that different Christians, groups, segments, unfortunately we have that in the body of Christ today, believe differently about different parts of Scripture, okay? And, and that's not so that we can argue. That's so that we can lovingly kind of bounce things off one another and come to the truth. That's what we should be looking to do and speaking the truth in love. Amen? And so tonight we're going to talk, obviously, about through doctrine and things like that. And, uh, um, and hopefully tonight when you walk away, you'll have a better understanding of doctrine. And you'll have a better understanding of interpretation of some of the teachings of Christ. Amen? And that's what equipping is about. Okay? Now, the ministry skills part of equipping is happening through Dream Team. Right? Or through Growth Track. Growth Track, you came in. If you haven't done Growth Track yet, we, wanna, we, we welcome you to do Growth Track, that 101, 201, 301, 401 classes. Uh, within those classes, you take a spiritual gifts test and you take a personality test. And we use those to help you find your calling, help you find your giftings, your spiritual giftings, and just the, to help you realize how God, hey Dalton, to help you realize how God has kind of orchestrated you and put you together, wired you, amen? And so, and then, and then it's our job as leaders to help you begin to launch out and use those gifts in the different areas that you're anointed to, to use them in, amen? amen? And so that's what we want to do. We want to not only equip you, but we want to launch you. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay, because you're the saint, so you should be doing the work of the ministry. It's our job as pastors the five-fold ministers, it's our job to equip you, according to Ephesians chapter 4, we are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Amen? So if we're not equipping you, we're not doing our job. 
if we're not equipping and launching, we're not doing our job. If you're not doing the work of the ministry, you're not doing your job. Does that, does that bear witness with you? Is that, that's what the Bible says, right? So if you don't know what the work of the ministry is for you, you need to find that out. Because when you do, go, when you split those gates up there, you know, God is going to say, what would you do with the time I gave you? Right? And he's not going to be shaking his finger at you. He's just going to go, hey, I've got some rewards stored up. I had these plans for you. Am I able to give it to you because you did it? You know what I'm saying? And if not, we're all going to be like, oh, I could have had a V8. You know, it's going to be, wow, man, I could have had that for eternity. I could have had all that. We're all going to do that at one level or another. We're going to be like, oh, I missed it there, Lord, you know. And of course, he's going to be, he's going to, you know, be merciful and gracious like he always is. But the word says that we're not going to have those things. Amen. And uh, who knows what eternally holds, though, for all that. Amen. And so the biggest thing is the reason why we do the works of the ministry. It's not so that we get rewards in heaven. I mean, we get those and it's promised to us and it's a blessing. But it's because we love God. Amen. And because of his great love for us. All right. Okay. So there's a little bit about equipping. That's, that's what we're doing tonight. And uh, so hopefully tonight, again, you'll, you'll, have, you'll have a little bit of doctrine. And you'll learn a little bit more about interpretation of some of the scriptures that we're going to talk about. Okay. All right. Now. Um, let me, I'm going to start the recording now because I didn't want all that on the recording. And then we'll get right into the Word. If you want to, go ahead and turn your Bible to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. I feel like the bonic man up here with all this stuff. Let's see. Let me get this going here. Okay. All right. Now we're recording. <clears throat> All right. So what I'd like to do before we get started at, in John chapter 1 is I'd like to pray a prayer over you. Okay? And uh, then we'll go right into, right into John and see where all the Lord takes us tonight. Amen? Amen. Did y'all enjoy last, last week? I did too, man. I left here pumped up and felt like the Lord anointed what needed to be said and blessed us. I believe he's going to do the same thing tonight. Amen? Amen. All right. So here's what I'd like to do is pray a prayer over you. So let's pray for a minute. And I'm going to actually pray an Ephesian prayer over you tonight. Can you receive this prayer? Amen. So this is out of the book of Ephesians. It's Ephesians chapter 3. And it's verses 16 through 20. And it's in the Amplified Version. Okay, so you, if you start hearing something that doesn't quite ring true, it's probably because it's coming out of the Amplified if you haven't read it very much. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for tonight. Father, I thank you, God, that you're with us and you're here to uh, invest your life in your heart and you're here to speak truth. God, you're, help us, uh, you're gonna help us tonight to understand your truth, Father God. And, and so, Father, I'm just gonna pray out Ephesians 3 over us and it says this. May he grant all of us the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in our inner man by the Holy Spirit. May Christ, through our faith, actually dwell and settle down and abide and make his permanent home in our hearts. May we be deep, rooted deep in love and founded securely on love, that we may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints 
What is the breadth and length and height and depth of God's love? That we may really come to know practically through experience for ourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge, that we may be filled through all of our being unto the fullness of God and may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Now to him, by the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purposes that it would do superabundantly and far over and above all that we dare ask or think and infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all receive that? That's a great prayer to pray over yourself often when you get a chance. Look up those Ephesian prayers and pray them over yourself. Tonight we're going to be talking about Jesus um, is the Word of God, okay? And I'd like to preview last week just a little bit, review it. Um, last week we found out that, you know, by the integrity of God's words, what we're talking about this week, we found out that uh, over 40 different men wrote the Bible over a, a period of 1,500 years. That's pretty crazy, right? 40 different people, it, it's estimated, somewhere right there at 40 little less, little more, somewhere right around there, because there's some books in the Bible, you know, we don't know exactly who wrote them in the early, early parts of the Bible. And uh, so we're, it's an estimate that somewhere around 38 to 40, 42, somewhere around there, uh, men wrote the Bible over a span of 1,500 years. And the amazing thing about that is, is that it's all one message. And it's the message of our salvation. Only God could orchestrate something like that. Amen. There was a great mind behind that, and it was, a, it was the, the mind of our maker. Amen? Um, so a couple things, couple points that we, did, we talked about last week was God and his word are one. Okay? Talked about that out of John 1 and out of John 6. 6. Um, uh, I spoke just a minute about dropping the mic. You remember about dropping the mic on, de on the devil? Okay? In other words, whenever the enemy comes in and uh, says some things or tries to do some things, what we're called to do is, as Christians is to speak the word, amen, and then just leave it, right? And just, just, drop, just, just drop, that, drop that word on him, so to speak, drop the mic and just walk away and like, Lord's got, Lord has you handled because his word's enough, amen? So we talked about that. Um, we also talked about God's word is integrous. And I actually had Pastor Sam come to me the next day and he said, is integrous a word? And I said, you know what? I don't know. I said, I've heard people use it, but I don't know. So I went and started looking. It is a word. It is a word. It's, it's, it's kind of a retired word. It's a, kind of an old English word, but it is out there and, and is used from time to time. And guess what? I'm bringing it back. So, um, <laughs> so God's word is integrous. It's inspired, all powerful, all powerful, and never ceasing. And I went through several different scriptures about that. And then uh, the third point was God intends to overcome persecution. Remember Mark chapter four: the sower sows the word. Persecution, affliction, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lusts of other things. God intends for all these things to be overcome by the word of God in you. Amen. I mean, that's why the sower sows the word. That's why all those things are in there is because this word that's sown into your heart is supposed to overcome all those things. That's the intention of the word of God. Amen? God intended his word to take care of those things for you. 
Now, is there a process in that? Absolutely. Is there perseverance in that? Absolutely, right? Is there standing in that? Absolutely. But victory is assured if we stand. The only way we lose is if we quit. Amen? As long as we're breathing, I think Pastor said this not too long ago, as long as we're breathing, God has a plan for us. Amen? Amen? All right, then the last part of it was this, is God's word is alive, okay? It's living, full of life, full of the spirit, full of inspiration, okay? And I went through several scriptures there. So that's kind of the review from last week. Just wanted to skim through it real quick. Wanted to let you know if you missed last week and you want to catch up, the, the actual recording is on our website. We've got a brand new website that we just launched at uh, nccTyler.org. Go there and check it out. You'll love the website. Really easy to get around on. When you go to the website, up in the right-hand corner, it says Menu. Just hit Menu, go down to Sermons, hit Sermons, and you'll see the title list. Just click on that title, Integrity of God's Word, and it'll have a little uh, orange little play button. Hit that play button and start listening. I've already tested it myself, and man, I put it on, and some my kids are running out of the room, and I said, y'all hear that powerful preacher? Listen to that. And they're like, you know, of course, Conley was like, Dad, shut up. So anyway... All right, are you in John chapter 1? We there? Let's read, okay? I know we went over this a little bit last week, but I'm going to go ahead and dig in a little bit more here in John because we are talking about Jesus is the Word of God. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made, instead of by Him, I'm going to say, by the Word. And without the Word was not anything made that was made. In the Word was life and the life was the light of men. Okay? Now let's skip down there to verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Somebody say grace and truth. Okay, listen, if you're not experiencing grace and truth, then you're not experiencing Jesus. Okay? You need to write that down. If you're not experiencing grace and truth in an area of your life, then you're not experiencing Jesus. Okay? Let's skip on down to verse 17. It says this, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Amen? So there it is. If you're experiencing grace and truth, then you will be experiencing Jesus. Okay? Um, okay, so, let, before I jump any further into, into John here, I want to kind of preface a few things and give you a little bit of a, so to speak, a prologue here. Um, why is it important to know that Jesus is the Word of God? I mean, if I'm going to teach that Jesus is the Word of God, we need to know why is it important to know that Jesus is the Word of God? Okay, it's His credibility. Any other ideas? <coughs> hmm? Authority? Okay. It gives him authority, credibility, yep. To know that he existed before creation, that's great. That's very important. Let me say it this way, okay? Why it's important to know that Jesus is the word of God is because God's word is God's will. Okay? And faith begins where the will of God is known. You need to write that down, okay? When you come to equip classes, you need to come ready to take notes. I said this last week. If, if, if somebody real important walked in here and was going to give you some life skills and some life understanding, you'd come with paper and pen. 
Well, Jesus is the Holy Spirit. Listen, not Corey Hooper. The Holy Spirit's going to speak things to your spirit that's going to change the way you think and the way you live and bring you to places of victory that you weren't able to get to before. Okay? So you need to be ready to write that down. Even if you need to take notes on your phone, that's fine. A lot of people do that. Okay? So the reason why it's important to know that Jesus is the Word of God is because, first of all, because God's Word is God's will. Okay? And then faith begins where the will of God is known. You can't have faith outside the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You can't believe God without His Word. You have no basis, no premise to believe God if you don't have His Word as your foundation. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay? Faith, faith in visions, faith in all that kind of stuff... That, that has to be founded upon and backed up by the Word of God. Amen? We don't have faith in miracles. We have faith in the miracle worker. Right? We don't have, we don't have faith in provision. We have faith in one who provides. Amen? We don't have faith in protection. We have faith in the protector. Right? And to the degree that you know the provider, the protector... The, you know, the giver, the lover, to the degree that you know him is to the degree that you're going to receive those things from him. Okay. Amen? So there's a knowing that's going on. There's a relationship that's being built. Okay? You can't have faith if you don't know God's will about the matter. Okay? You can't have faith if you don't know God's will. There's areas in your life right now that you've been kind of going back and forth on and you're wondering what to do and how to do it, until you hear the Lord tell you exactly how to do it, you're going to flounder, and you need to stop and listen. Everybody say listen. Okay? You know, freedom ministry is all about here at New Covenant Church. It's all about hearing the voice of the Lord. Because if you can't hear God, you can't get free. Why? Because freedom comes from the presence of the Lord. Right? Well, and it's not just the presence. It's not just him kind of showing up and being around you. It's him either showing you something or speaking something to your heart that sets you free from bondages. Amen? So there's different ways of knowing and the different ways of hearing, right? But until you know or you hear based upon the word of God, you will not have faith to receive. Amen? Now, meditation gives you the capacity to build faith. Okay? That's what meditation is all about. It gives you the capacity for your faith because what you're doing is the more I spend time with my wife, the greater capacity I have to trust her. Right? It's the same thing with God. The longer I'm in His presence and I meditate upon His Word, I meditate upon who He is, I meditate upon the victories and the things that He's done in my past, I meditate upon his hopes and his promises for my future, the greater trust begins to be developed in my heart. Amen? So faith comes that way. All right? All right, so to truly begin to believe more deeply and pass from just wanting to believe to really deeply believing and trusting that God, we must establish some core truths in our spirits from the Word of God. Okay? We've got to have some core truths established in our hearts so that we can begin to really have faith. Amen? So the one of the first things that we've got to understand is this, is uh, we must 
firmly established that Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. Okay, we just read John chapter 1. Okay, um, and basically knowing that God, that Jesus is the Word of God made flesh, the way that you hear that a lot of times is you hear the word incarnation. Anybody ever heard that word? Jesus incarnate, the incarnate word. You've heard of those words. Well, that word's not even in the Bible. The word incarnation is not even in the Bible. Okay? But that doesn't mean the truth that Jesus was made, that the word was made flesh isn't in the Bible. Right? The truth of that is in the Bible. It just doesn't use that word. Okay? That word incarnation comes from two Greek root words. One's in and the other one's carne, which just means in the flesh. Right? In the flesh. And, um, of course, God was wise enough to know that we needed a living, breathing example of God's heart, right? That we needed that as humans. We needed a living, breathing example of his own heart in order to really begin to see and understand God completely. Mm -hmm. And that's why he sent Jesus. He wanted us to understand his heart. He wanted us to see who he was exactly. Okay? Um, in the Old Testament, God revealed his word through the prophets... While in the New Testament, the Word of God was revealed in a person, the Son of God. Amen? That's how things began to change from Old Testament to New Testament. Um, I want to read a little bit of something here that I wrote or that I pulled out um, regarding John. You know, John wants us to know what he knows, uh, that he knows Jesus intimately and wants us to know him intimately too. So here in John, we just read John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, and then... 14 and 17, okay? John's trying to tell us some stuff, all right? John knows that what he's about to write in the next 21 uh, chapters, he already knows some stuff, okay? He's going to tell us the story of what Jesus Christ did and what he taught all through his book of John, okay? This is a book about the life and work of the man Jesus, the man that John knew and saw and heard and touched with his hands, Okay? He had flesh and blood. He was not a ghost or an apparition appearing and vanishing. He ate and drank and got tired, and John knew him very closely. Jesus' mother lived with John in the last part of her life. It talks about in John chapter 19 where Jesus, even on the cross, told John to take care of his mom, right? Therefore, what John is doing in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, he's telling us the most ultimate things about Jesus that he can. I mean, John was, John was close with Jesus, wasn't he? He was the one that he said that Jesus loved, right? He was the one that laid his head on Jesus' chest uh, at dinner, you know? He was the one that chased Jesus down in certain times, right? John was with him. When, and in all of the major miracles, it was Peter, James, and John. John was one of the, one of the three that was in the major transformation or uh, transfiguration and... and uh, raising of different people from the dead and things like that, you know. John was one of the guys that was right there with him, okay? It took John more than three years to figure out the fullness of who Jesus was, but he does not want his readers to take more than three verses to find out what took him so long to know. That's why he said those first th free, in those first three verses, he wanted us to know who Jesus was. He was really trying to get us to understand things really quickly. And his, his title for Jesus, of everything he could have said of Jesus, the main thing that he called Jesus was the Word of God. He's the truth. He's the way. He's the life. He was trying to show us that. Um, 
So John begins his gospel. He has in view um, all the revelation, all the truth, all the witness, all the glory, all the light. All the words that come out of Jesus in his living and teaching and dying and rising again. He sums up all that revelation of God with the name, He is the Word of God. That's how he sums it all up. He's the first word, the final word, the ultimate word, the decisive word, the absolutely true word, and the reliable word. Amen? That's who Jesus is. All right. So the first thing is that we've got to establish is, he, is Jesus is the word made flesh. So we're gonna, I'm going to take you through a few scriptures here um, and show you just that. Let's start in Genesis. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. This is where it all begins. Jesus was the promise. He was actually the original promise of promises. Did you know that? Genesis chapter 3. This whole book is a book of promises. And in Genesis chapter 3, God begins to promise Jesus is coming to earth. As we know in Genesis chapter 3, the fall of man is in that chapter. Yeah, Adam and Eve ate of the fruit. Um, obviously, death came. They were separated from God. They found out that they were naked. They were hiding from God. And then God comes calling and finds them and says, Hey, what's going on? What happened? He asked, um, he asked Adam and Eve both. And then he, and, he, and he talks to both Adam and Eve and, and lets them know, Look, because you've done this, here's what's going to happen. But then he addresses the serpent. Okay? And in verse... Uh, in verse 14, it says this, Genesis 3, 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon your belly shall you go, and dust shall, shall you eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Okay, I'm going to read that in the Amplified, that verse 15, because it says it a little bit better. And if you go to the original text where it talks about seed, where it says her seed, that you'll notice that there's a capital S there. Okay, And, and, and what, he's, what he's referring to is right then, right there, God's already promising that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh to crush him, to crush the enemy. Okay? So verse 15 says it this way in the Amplified. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will bruise and tread your head underfoot and you will lie in wait and bruise his heel. Now, I want to give you a few scriptures to support that Jesus is that promise and that Jesus is going to overcome all of this. And that's, uh, let's go to uh, Romans chapter 16 from there. <clears throat> Romans chapter 16, verse 20. It says this, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. All right? So there he's talking about the God of peace, referring to, to, to Jesus himself. Okay? Um, and then let's look at... Um, uh, let's go to let's go to Hebrews chapter two, Hebrews two fourteen. Hebrews two fourteen. 
I know we're going through a bunch of scripture, but we want to get some of these scriptures down so see that they go together. It says this, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay. I want to I stop for just a second there and talk for a minute about fear of death. Um, that is, that's one of those things that the enemy is, is always holding over our heads. Okay? It may be the fear of death of a dream, of a relationship, of a marriage, of a job. Okay? The fear of death of things in our lives tries to paralyze us and holds us in a place whereby we don't act. Okay? When we sense that that's happening in our life, that's the exact time, and, and, and we need to recognize that. And if we're dealing with that and we can't seem to get over it ourselves, my recommendation is to get, get with another brother, a strong brother or sister in the Lord, and talk through it and allow them to encourage you in it and take you through some scriptures in it, okay? Listen, everyone should have someone that they're discipled by. Somebody say amen. Every one of us should have one or two or three people that we can go and connect with that can speak the word of God in love into our lives. Amen? That's why I'm so thankful for Pastor Sam and Pastor Chris. There's been many times in my life where I've said, I don't know what to do. Or this is happening and I'm not sure how to handle this. You know? And then to be able to go to them and receive wise counsel. Amen? It's, it's kept me out of a lot of pitfalls, a lot of problems. Amen? So it's very important that you find those brothers or those sisters in Christ that can lift you up, hold you up. The Bible says that you know, when there's two, to, two gathered together, right, then, then that's a strength, right? And then a threefold cord is not easily broken. Amen? Obviously, one puts 1,000 to flight. Two puts 10,000 to flight. We know those scriptures by heart, right? There's, there's multiplication of power in the numbers when it comes to Christian people coming together. Amen? And so we need to be sure that when we sense that, that spirit of fear trying to come on us about these things, that we come against it. And if we seem like we're coming against it and we're not breaking through, then bring your brothers and sisters in the fight with you. Amen? Amen? And let them stand with you. Let them bear your burdens and help you to carry those cares or worries, like Pastor said on Sunday, to Jesus and let him take care of those things where you're not carrying it, you're resting in it. Amen? Amen? Somebody say rest. Okay? I, I said this, I think, last week. I want to say it again. Rest is the greatest expression of faith. You need to write that down. If there's something in your, in your life where you're struggling and you're afraid or you're concerned or it's keeping you up at night, whatever it is, if there's something in your life that's always just kind of churning around in your soul all the time and you're not resting about it, rest only comes from the Word of God. You need to spend some time and allow the Holy Spirit to speak a word so that you have a word to stand on so that you can rest. Amen? Amen? And listen, if there's, if there's voices coming at you 
and constantly talking to you about, you know, you're never going to get there. That's never going to happen. Or that's, you're going to fail again. Or if you try that, man, you're going to, it's going to be horrible. And you've got all these negative voices coming at you. That's when you've got to go to the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and tell you who you really are and what you really have. So then you can speak against the enemy and tell that voice to stop. You listening to me? Because listen, when you speak the Word of God inspired by the Holy Spirit, there's nothing more powerful on the planet. There's no devil in hell that can stop the Word of God inspired by the Holy Spirit spoken through a man. We were created with flesh and the Word of God dwells in flesh because there's an anointing. Everybody say anointing. There's an anointing on the Word of God that is, is covered by the Holy Spirit and the anointing loves to dwell and our bodies were made for the anointing to dwell in us. It was made to dwell in us and it was made to be transferred from us to others. Amen? It's very important to understand that as, listen, as the Word of God gets in your heart more and more and more, then the anointing of God begins to be stronger upon you. You hear me? Because what happens is, is, is you become, you know, I, I liken it unto maybe like a carpenter who's first starting out working, and he's got a little tool belt, and it's got a hammer, some nails, and maybe a drill, and he goes in to do this job, okay? And he's all he's got is a hammer, nail, and drills, and so... He starts to do it and he realizes, I don't have what it takes, right? Or I do, but it's going to take me a long time to do this, okay? Well, but then you find a seasoned carpenter who's got everything <laughs> that you can imagine out in the truck, right? Or whatever it is that comes along, he can just walk out and get his tool and come back in and knock that out just like that, amen? When you have the Word of God in your heart in abundance... Okay, whatever you come up against, there's an anointing on that word to, to settle that in your spirit and allow the word of God to overcome that circumstance for you. Amen? See, the word wants to fight your battles for you, but you do have to speak it. If you'll speak the word, the word will fight your battles. You don't have to do anything else. You get to speak it and rest. Amen? Amen? That's the integrity of God's word. He said that my word will prosper in the place whereunto I send it. Right? Well, the way he sends his word in this realm is when it comes out your mouth. But if it doesn't come out your mouth, his word isn't sent. Therefore, it cannot prosper in the thing that he would like to send it to. So it's, I, that's, that's our only responsibility is to speak the word. Everybody say, speak the, word. speak the Word. Okay? We must speak the Word of God. Speak the Word of God. We're going we're gonna to practice speaking the Word of God tonight. I've got a list of scriptures here, or, or actually a list of, of confessions. And we're going to practice speaking some things that are biblical truths. They're all based on scripture. I don't have a scripture by each one. If there's one you want to know about, come ask me and I'll give you that. But we're going to take some time tonight, and we're going to declare some things over our lives and it may be some things that you've never even thought about declaring over your life. But it's a promise. Every one of them is based on the Word of God that is promised for you and for your life so that you can overcome and have victory. Amen? 
See, the reason why we're being equipped, listen, equipping, it's a lot like a military. You know, when you see a military, if you see an under-equipped military that's going out to fight an enemy, they got a problem, right? I mean, there's been, there's been stories where people have sent out regiments and they didn't have any weapons and it was their job to just go get weapons. <laughs> go take guys down and, and try to steal their weapons from them or find weapons to be able to try. And it wasn't that they wanted to do that. It was, they got to fight with whatever they had, right? And listen, when we're not equipped, that's what we're doing. We're like going out there and trying to fight the enemy and we're trying to figure out how to do it or, or, or how to make it work. If we don't have the word of God in abundance in our heart, you're fighting a losing battle. Amen? We must put the word of God in our heart in abundance, in abundance. And listen, what happens is, is when the word of God's in your heart in abundance, boldness comes. There's a boldness that'll come on you. Because what happens is, because, you know, I'm bold when, so, if someone came up to me and said, you know, I, I saw your wife the other day and she was talking to this guy and boy, it sure looked like they were flirting. You know what I'd do? I'd be like, <laughs> you don't know my wife. I'd be bold about that. You see what I'm saying? Why is that? Because I know her. I know her. So when people come to you and they say like, you're God, he's going to take care of you. He's going to protect you. He's going to provide for you. When you hear those things, you're either going to go, uh, yeah, I think, in your heart, or you're going to go, yes, he is, because his word says, and then you're going to quote the word of God that's in your heart. Amen? And now you've got grounds and you've got boldness by which to stand and to speak against that that's coming against you. Amen? All right, so let's, let's go through here a little bit more about Jesus being the original promise of the seed that's going to destroy the head of Satan. So we did Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Look at 1 John 3, 8. Flip all the way back to 1 John 3, 8. <clears throat> says this, He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this is the purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Okay? This is the purpose. Everybody say purpose. purpose. You want to know why, what the purpose is of Jesus being manifested? It was so that he could destroy the works of the devil. Mm -hmm. Everything he did, everything he's done, he wants it all obliterated. That's why there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Because he's going to change it all and make it all new. There's not going to be anything that has the devil's fingerprint, footprint, anything on it left. It's all going to be gone. And it's all going to be new. And it's all going to be for you to enjoy with him. Amen? That's a pretty cool promise. All right, let's look at last one here. Go flip back to Galatians 4. I know we're jumping around a lot, guys, but I want to give you plenty of scripture to support these things that we're talking about. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. <clears throat> says this, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Amen. Amen? I like that. I love that I'm adopted as a son. Okay. So now, we'll get into the crux of things here. 
So our third thing is this. We must establish that what Jesus did in the flesh was the word and the will of God. Okay, write that down. What Jesus did in the, in the flesh, in other words, in his ministry while he was here on earth, what Jesus did in the flesh was the word and the will of God. All right, so we're going we're gonna to walk through some scriptures here to prove that out. That what Jesus did in the flesh proved that, that <clears throat> Jesus was the Word and He was in the will of God. And He was the will of God. Look at John chapter 5. We're going we're gonna to go through John quite a bit here. Okay? Several chapters, or several scriptures right here in John, right together. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Version. This is John chapter 5, verse 19. Okay? So Jesus answered them by saying, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, the Son is able to do nothing of himself or of his own accord, but he is able to do only what he sees the Father doing, for whatever the Father does is what the Son does in the same way. So what he's saying is, if I'm only doing what I see the Father doing, I'm doing the will of God. Y'all see that? that? That's how we're tying this together, Okay. All right, so now let's look at John chapter 8. Flip over a couple of chapters to John chapter 8, verses 28 and 29. It says this, So Jesus added, When you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, you will realize and know and understand that I am He for whom you look, and that I do nothing of myself or of my own accord or of my own authority. But I say exactly what my Father has taught me, and He who sent me is ever with me. My Father has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Amen? So if he's doing what pleases him, he's doing what? His will. Right? He is doing, he's living, he's being the very will of God. Amen? It's very important that we understand this because here's, here's where we're going with this. I'll give you a little hint into where we're headed. If Jesus is the will of God, okay? I think we can say the, God's word is his will. Right? Well, Jesus is the Word of God, so therefore He is the will of God. Right? That makes sense? So if He's the will of God, then if we can look at Jesus' life and see what He did and how He did it, then we'll know the will of God and how we're to live and, and, and act. Amen? And not only that, we'll not only know it for us, but we'll know it for all of humanity. You know, when I'm really stuck in, in, in something in my life, you know what I read? I don't go to Old Testament. I don't go to the epistles. I definitely don't go to the book of Revelation. <laughs> but you know where I go? I go to the Gospels. Because I like to look at Jesus. Because Jesus was the Word, doing the Word, speaking the Word, and living the Word. Amen? Jesus commanded us to speak the Word of God. Did you know that? Do you remember in Mark chapter 11 where... He just spoke to the fig tree, right? Mm -hmm. And all his disciples came running and were like, whoa, man, look, the, it, it withered up from its roots. What did Jesus say to them? Anybody remember? He said, have faith in God. You remember that? Actually, if you look at that word, he didn't actually say have faith in God. You know what he said? He said, you have the God kind of faith. 
You need to have the same kind of faith that God has. That's what he was saying. In other words, have God's faith. Well, how do you have God's faith? Here, this is key. How do you have faith? What do you do with your faith? Faith is in two places. In Romans, it says this. Faith is in two places. It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. Right? So if you don't have the Word of God in your heart, you have no faith in your heart to believe. But if you have the Word of God in your heart, if you just hold it in your heart, even though you know it in your brain, you just hold it in your heart and you don't speak it and use the authority that Jesus Christ has given you, then you're not releasing the power of God into the atmosphere so that things can change and mountains can move. That's why Jesus said, have the faith of God. And then he went on to say, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, right? Be thou removed and be thou cast. And he's telling you how to use your faith. He just said, have faith and then say to the mountain. He's telling you how to use faith and it's by words. Everybody say words. And it's not just by any words. It's by the word of the living God. Amen. Now, does that mean we can just pick any mountain we want and speak to it? No. He's talking to the particular mountains in our lives. It may be a mountain of temptation, a sin, of affliction, persecution, lust of other things. It can be mountains of debt. It can be mountains of all kinds of things that we run up against in our lives. But we have the authority and the power. Everybody say, I have the power of God. Okay? You know why you do? Because the Word lives in your heart. Is Jesus the Word made flesh? Where does Jesus live? In your heart. Amen? Okay. We're in John chapter 8. Let's look at John chapter 9. John chapter 9 verse 4. Again, I'm, I'm, continuing, I'm reading all these out of the Amplified. Jesus says this, We must work the works of him who sent me and be busy with his business while it is daylight. Night is coming on when no man can work. Okay? So he said, we must work the works of him who sent me. All right? Let's look at John chapter 12. John chapter 12, verse 49 and 50. Verses 49 and 50. It says this, this is because I have never spoken on my own authority or of my own accord or as self-appointed, but the Father who sent me has himself given me orders concerning what to say and what to tell. And I know that his commandment means eternal life. So whatever I speak, I'm saying exactly what my Father has told me to say and in accordance with His instructions. That's the amplified version of, of John chapter 12, verse 49 and 50. Okay? Okay, everybody listen to me for a second. Stand up. Everybody stand up. Come on. Everybody stand. I'm going to wait till everybody stands up. Okay? I know it's 722. I know we've all had a long day at work. I have too. My flesh, listen, your flesh right now is going, it's time to chill and relax. And then, listen, on top of that, when you begin to sense the presence and the peace of God, guess what? Your flesh really wants to relax. Amen? And I see this a lot on Sundays. And I do this a lot with my youth. Matt can tell you there were times when I'd see somebody about to fall asleep, whatever, I'd say, everybody stand up for a minute. Okay? And then it got to the point with youth ministry, because I saw them week in and week out, what I said is, is, if you're having trouble staying awake, just get up and walk around the back and keep your spirit listening. 
Amen? Stay connected, okay? So I did that for that reason. But here, listen to me. There, I'm not punishing you. It is, listen, I believe that the Holy Spirit has anointed what needs to be said tonight. And I believe it's for your spirit so you can be stronger, you can be equipped, and you can go forward and see things change in your life. Amen? And so it's important enough to me to make sure that you're not, listen, that you're not just sitting there and beginning to fill a lull and you're not staying spiritually sharp. Jesus said, be vigilant, watchful, be sober, because the devil is like a, a lion seeking whom he may devour. Amen? He's roaming around. He's looking for, he's looking for those people who really aren't listening and who aren't wanting to listen so that they can do the word of God. Because if he can find those ones that are just kind of halfway connected, he'll separate them from the herd and then he'll get on them and he'll cause different things to happen to them to the point where they leave the church and they go do what they want to do. And then the next thing you know, they're out there lost somewhere. And you know what? That's not what we're called to. Amen? We're called to overcome. But listen, it takes diligence to overcome. It takes perseverance. It takes a listening ear and heart. Amen? And you, listen, you wasted, let me say it that way, because I know a lot of us, we think this, moments and time, gas money, things like that, to get here and to be here, right? So here's what I want you to do. As you sit back down in your heart, I want you to begin to draw on the anointing. What I mean by that is, is I want you to, to begin in your heart, I want you to think, Lord, I'm expecting you to say something that's going to change my life in the next few minutes. Can you do that? Because if you're expecting God to say something, he's going to say what, because he's always going to meet you where you're at. Amen. And he may have already said a few things to some of you tonight, but I believe he wants to say more. And I believe he wants to say things that are going to change you and transform you and especially equip you so that you can go forward and do the work of the ministry. Amen. So can you agree with me on that? Okay, let's sit down. <clears throat> Turn to John chapter 14, verse 10. Listen, equipping, listen to me. Equipping, coming to equip class, this is going to be a little more intense. A little more focused. It's not going to be like Sunday where you get to kind of drone in and drone out. We're not going to allow that to happen here. Do you understand? And if you don't like that, then don't come. I, I'm not trying to be rude, really. We want people that really want to walk with God. We want people that are going to change this generation. We want people that are going to take this city. And it's not going to come because we come here with a half-hearted spirit listening, listening half-heartedly or doing it half-heartedly after we've heard it. Amen? And listen, I'm talking to myself. I'm preaching to myself as much as anybody else. Amen? So let's come with, with integrity of heart to say, I'm going to get everything God wants me to have. And if I don't, I'll go home and study until I get exactly what I needed. Amen. Amen? Yes. And it's my prayer that you leave here full. Amen. That you just get to go home and meditate and let it just roll around inside you and listen and talk to the Holy Spirit and it just get bigger and bigger and bigger until we start hearing testimonies of, yeah, uh, Sandy was at the hospital and she raised this guy from the dead. Amen. 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 Why? Because God loved that man. And because God wants to be famous in Tyler, Texas. And because people need to know that the power of God is still at work today. And that it's the power unto salvation. Amen. 
that comes from people that get on fire because they put themselves in places like this and they fill themselves up with the Word of God and they stay connected with the Spirit throughout their days and they use what they've heard. Everybody say, use what you heard. You've got to do the Word and not just hear the Word. Doing the Word is where faith is activated. Okay? That's where God gets to do the supernatural on your natural. Okay? John 14.10, Jesus said this, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? What I'm telling you, I do not say on my own authority or of my own accord, but the Father who lives continually in me does the works, his own miracles, his own deeds of power. Alright? So now I'm going to finish with this scripture. Everybody turn to Acts 10. Acts 10. Acts 10, verse 38. It says this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Everybody say power. power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Okay? Now, if you don't know what to do as a Christian... Just do what Jesus did. Let me, let me tell you what he did. Listen. God was anointed, okay, with the Holy Ghost and power. Jesus was, excuse me. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power and went about, what? Doing good, right? And healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Amen. Well, and, and if you look through the Gospels, how did he heal people and how did he do good? It says he preached and teached and healed. He preached and he teached and he healed. Everybody say, preach, teach, heal. Preach, teach, heal. Okay? You should be doing those things. The reason why you're being equipped is so that you can preach and you can teach and you can heal. Amen? The, the, the disciples, the Bible says, let's look at this. Turn, turn to Mark chapter 16. Let's see what a disciple of Christ is supposed to be doing. Mark chapter 16. The Great Commission. This wasn't in my notes, but I believe it's for us. Mark chapter 16, Jesus tells us to do this. In, Mark, in verse 15 it says, And he said unto them, Jesus was talking to his disciples, Go ye into all the world and preach... Say preach. preach. Who's a disciple of Jesus in here? Raise your hand. Come on, raise it up. Okay, he's not talking to just the 12. You're a disciple now. You need to know how to preach. You may only preach to one person at a time. You may, you may feel comfortable preaching to junior hires. You may, be, you may feel comfortable preaching to six-year-olds. I don't know what your comfort level is, but whatever it is, get going on it. Right? Because you've got to start somewhere. I didn't start by preaching. Matter of fact, the, listen to me. The first speech class I ever took, it was in college. And I went into that speech class. The first time I had to do a speech, I had it prepared and everything. I walked into that speech class, and I sat down in my chair, and somebody got up and started doing a speech, and then the next person got up and did a speech, and I was like the fifth person that was supposed to go. And when it got to the fourth person, I left. I went outside and threw up. And I didn't go back to class. I was afraid. 
I didn't want to be in front of people. And you're like, you? Yeah, me. I didn't want to be in front of people. I was afraid. But I had to face that fear because I knew God had called me to minister the gospel. Amen? And so guess what I did? I started preaching to little kids. I went to children's ministry. Because I knew if I messed up, they wouldn't know. <laughs> and I'd repent and ask God to forgive me. And then I'd go back to them and go, um, you know when I said that? <laughs> that wasn't in the Bible, so don't do it that way. You know? And then I did it with junior hires, and then I did it with high schoolers, and then I did it with college people, and now I do it with you, right? Listen, did you know that Jesus, Jesus raised people from, different people from the dead? Did you know the first person he raised from the dead was only dead a few hours? And then the next person he raised from the dead was, was only, well, actually the first one was, was even less than that almost. The second one was dead a little while longer than that, and then the third one was dead three days. He, and listen, he didn't start raising, realize his first miracle wasn't raising people from the dead. His first miracle was turning water into wine. Right? If you look at Jesus' life, things happen progressively with Jesus. And he works the same way with you. He doesn't say, hey, stand up and talk in front of 10,000 people. Come on, let's do it. He doesn't do that with us. He, he's not, he is not a God that sets us up to fail. Amen? He trains us and teaches us and leads us step by step from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Amen? Amen? So let's keep reading here in Mark chapter 16. Go ye in all the world and preach the gospel, which is the good news. That word gospel just simply means good news. What is the good news? Jesus has come. You have a Savior. Amen? If you're poor, you don't have to be poor no more. Amen. Really? That's the good... I mean, w would that be good news to poor people? Yeah. If you saw someone who's poor, what would be a good, good news to them? You don't have to be poor anymore. There's a way for you to operate in spiritual principles to where you can actually walk out of being poor and in debt to actually having more than enough so you can be a blessing to other people's lives. Amen. He wants you to be able to do that spiritually. He wants you to be able to do that relationally. He wants you to do that financially. Amen? In every way of your life. So go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believes not shall be damned. And the, these signs shall follow them that believe. Let me say that again. These signs shall follow them that believe. Who's that? That's you. Say, that's me. That's me. Okay? And here's the signs they're going to follow. In my name... They shall cast out devils. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. The first thing we're going to do is cast out devils? Yeah, absolutely. Because we're all about getting rid of darkness. Amen. And the first place you cast out devils in is in your own life. Yes. Amen? Matter of fact, you should be focused on keeping devils away from you way more than you focus on keeping devils from others. Sometimes we judge other people's devils worse than we judge our own devils. <laughs> we, need to get, we, need to, we need to be harsh on things that are, bought by, that are coming on us. Amen? And of course, when we deal with other people's devils, yeah, we're called to do that. We love them and we remove the enemy. Amen? And let's, let, let me talk about casting out devils for a second. It's really easy. Because here's the thing about casting out devils. It, 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 the Bible says that where there's light, there can be no darkness. Have you ever seen darkness try to resist light? I mean, like, when you walk into your room and you flip on the light switch, does the darkness go, no, I'm, I'm going to hold on. It doesn't, does it? As soon as you flip the light on, and as soon as that light has power, where does the darkness go? It's gone. It has to flee. 
It's a spiritual principle that darkness cannot stay within light. And the Bible says you are children of light. Right? And now listen, here's the thing. Casting out devils is all about just understanding your authority. That's it. It's all about understanding the authority that Jesus has already given you. And, and Roger Sims is going to teach on biblical authority here in just a few weeks and equip. And you're going to understand what it means to have authority in Christ Jesus so that you can see devils leave people's lives. In freedom ministry, here's the cool thing about freedom ministry. I learned this from Bob Hamp. It blessed my life. Before, I thought freedom ministry, as far as casting out a devil from someone, you know, I thought you had to, in the name of Jesus, you know, and you had to slap them a little bit and throw some oil on them and scream at them, you know. That's what I saw casting out the devil of because that's all I ever had seen, being an example in front of me. And then one day, I'm watching Bob Hamp, and he tells this story about this young man who was in a jail cell, and he's like writhing around on the ground, and he's growling, and he's drooling, and he's doing all this stuff, and Bob Hemp gets in the jail cell with him, standing in the jail cell, or sits down there, and he says, hey, uh, and he calls the, name, the, son, the boy's name. It was Timothy or something. He says, hey, uh, Timothy, hey, you don't have to do that. <laughs> what? All of us would be like, wait a minute, he's possessed by a devil. Yes, he does have to do that. No, the truth is, he has authority over his own life. Bob was speaking the truth to him, and he just, he said it in. He said, hey, 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 Timothy. He didn't yell at him. He just, just in tone of voice, he said, hey, Timothy, you don't have to do that. And he was still down there, you know, all this stuff. And Bob said for the third time, he said, hey, Timothy, I just want to tell you, hey, man, I'm here to talk, and you don't, you don't have to do that. And guess what? After he said it the third time, all of a sudden, he just kind of went, kind of shook, and he, kind of came to him and he was kind of like and he kind of came and he was like who are you he said hey I'm Bob and I just came here to talk to you can we talk for a minute he said yeah he said all that stuff that's happening to you he said do you like that is it is it helping you he said no I don't like it he said do you realize that you can actually tell whatever that is that's doing that to you to leave you he said, would you like that to not happen to you anymore? He said, yeah, I'd like that. He said, well, he said, why don't you, talk, why don't you tell that spirit? He said, because, you know, he said, if you've got authority to be able to, to talk to that. And he took a moment and he led him to the Lord first. He wasn't saved. And then once he led him to the Lord, he, he, he talked to him a minute about, well, now that you're saved, devils can't just come and, and latch themselves onto you without you allowing them or making room for that to happen. I said, now, now they're there because they've been there, but they have to leave now once you tell them to. Would you like to tell them to leave? Yes, I'd like to do that. I don't want them around me anymore. So he says, well, why don't you do that? He said, you know what? And, the, and, and, he, and he said, uh, matter of fact, he said, I, I recognize, and, he, and there's a couple of devils that he kind of recognized that had, you know, whether it was spirit of lust or whatever he kind of recognized that the young man was dealing with. And he said, just tell, just name it, just tell them, leave me. Don't ever come back anymore. And that kid did that, and he was in his right mind, and he was delivered. And the young man cast the devil out of himself. And Bob didn't ever bring out any oil. He didn't yell. He just led the young man. And see, we all, we all have this misconception that the power of God has to be this rain down fire from heaven thing. When God, he's, I mean, Jesus, 
When he cast out devils, he didn't make a big deal of it. He just said, hey, you, out. And a lot of times they came running at him, right? They came running up and, ah, oh, don't get, you know, don't. You know, we know who you are. He just said, leave. And they left. Yeah. Amen? And why is that? Because he was the word of God. Right? So there was power in the Word of God. And so the Word of God dwells in your heart because Christ lives in your heart. Amen? So when we understand that the Word of God is the will of God, then we can cast out devils and not be afraid. The, the, I've heard, I heard Chris Valentin talk about casting out the devil. This devil ran up to him and he was, he was in a prayer line. I don't know if you've heard this story. The devil's growling at him and all this stuff. And he, for just a second, he sensed some fear trying to come on him. And, he, and see, here's the thing about devils. If they can make you afraid, now they can do something to you. So he just began to talk about who he was, right? Isn't that, isn't that right, Martin? Didn't he talk about Jesus? And he just talked about, you know, who he was. And, and then he addressed it and dealt with it. Amen? If I remember right, I think the thing fell on the ground and was trying to do some stuff and Anyway, the, the, the devil, listen to me, the devils, they're, they're way more afraid of the God in you than, than, than you ever could be of them. Amen? And we just have to remember that. When it comes to casting out devils, it's not your own strength. It's the strength of God. Amen? So again, I'm equipping you to do the work of the saints. I'm equipping you to cast out devils. We're called to cast out devils, and that shouldn't be an intimidating thing to us. If that's an intimidating thing to you, then you need to get over that by reading the Word of God, seeing how Jesus did it, and being prepared to do it if you need to do it. Amen? And the first time, listen, I remember, <laughs> I remember one of the first times that I saw a devil manifest and things like that. And it, and it, and it tries to get on your soul. It tries to, you know, get in your head and you're like, whoa, what, what's going on? And, you know, and you just have to stop. And you got to go, okay, Lord, you have authority over that. I don't, you do. And you have to remember that that little person that's going through all that, God loves them. And the love of God is trying to get to them. Right? Mm -hmm. And if you enter into it, listen to me, perfect love casts out fear. And if you continue to stay in that love, that heart of love, and you walk through it with the Word of God, God will show you exactly how to walk through that process. And, and, and everyone's going to be a little bit different. Okay? All right. Going to all the world, preach the gospel. He that believes baptized shall be saved. He that believes shall not be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name that shall cast out devils. They shall, they shall speak with new tongues. I'm not going to stop there and get into all that today. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. I don't know about you, but that's good stuff. Amen. That sets people free. Amen? We're to be freedom givers. You know that? We're supposed to walk around as living vessels of freedom. Did you know that? We're supposed to have freedom stored up on the inside of us. And the, the, how that comes out of us is when the Word of God is expressed through us for someone's life. Amen? When we see someone bound, listen, it can be mentally bound, physically bound, whatever it is. At that moment is your decision in your heart. God, what do you want to do about that? Amen? And some of us are going to be moved with compassion. We're going to be moved by the Holy Spirit. 
and we're going to see people set free. Others of us are going to be too busy. We're going to be too kind of in our own head and in our own world and dealing with our own stuff to not be able to help. And we're going to miss some appointments sometimes. And that's going to happen. That happens sometimes. I remember, I remember one time, I'll finish with this story. I remember one time, um, <laughs> Tristy will remember this. We went to Red Lobster one day. Back when I first started walking with the Lord and I was endeavoring to walk in the gifts of the Spirit and everything. And, and uh, we were in Red Lobster. I think you and I were there. And this uh, gentleman, this gentleman walked by. That's my other girlfriend, yeah. And uh, this gentleman walked by, and we were talking about the Word and talking about healing and all this. So we were just like going back and forth on all this and what we were listening to and teaching. God was showing us things and doing things in us and through us. And, and this older gentleman walks by, and he's holding one of those tanks with the mask on, you know. And he literally, I mean, we're sitting here like this. You know, I'm sitting by him in, in the aisles right here. And he literally walks right by me like this. And when I looked up at him, I heard the Lord say, Go, go lay your hands on him and that he can be healed. And I looked at Tristy and I said, the Lord wants me to pray for that guy. <laughs> In public. And I was like, oh man. I'm eating, I don't remember what I was eating. I was, she was like, are you going to do it? I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> I said, I'll tell you what, let's finish our, let's finish our food. Until <laughs> we finish our food and we're sitting there and we're talking, you know, and it's like, well, are you going to go pray for him? I'm like, uh, yeah, I am. And where'd he go? You know? Oh, he left. Oh, man. He left. Oh, Lord. And, you know, so I, I missed it. I didn't pray for him. And so in my heart, I was like, Lord, I'm so sorry. And I repented. And I told her I repent. I said, God, the next person that you want me to pray for, I will pray for them. And a lady in a wheelchair comes down the road. I mean, just like that. And I was like, <laughs> what are you doing to me, Lord? And so again, I sat there, started sweating probably. It's like, God really wants me to do this. She was like, yeah. She goes, I'm going to go to the car. You go ahead. <laughs> Thanks for having my back, hon. I said, all right. So I went over, and she had a lady with her. They're sitting at the table. And uh, I walk up to them, total strangers. I said, hey, you don't know who I am. I don't know who you are. And I said, but I'm sitting over in my booth over here, and the Lord said I'm supposed to come pray for you, and that he wants you to be healed. And the one lady that's with her starts bawling. Oh, God, you know. And the other lady who was actually in the wheelchair just kind of looked at me, and you can tell there was no faith. There was no connection. There was nothing. And she wasn't rude. She wasn't like, get behind me, you know, Satan. <laughs> she just simply said, I appreciate that. But I, and she didn't say I didn't need it. I can't remember the exact word. She said, I appreciate you saying that, but I, I don't really want you to pray for me. And I remember thinking, God, what are you doing? Why am I standing here? You know? And, uh, and I said, and I, I gave her one more chance. I felt like the Lord wanted me to give her one more chance. And I said, 
I said, I sense, I said this to her, I said, I sense that if you'll just take my hand, I'm crying now. And now the other, the woman's really crying. <laughs> and I'm crying and I'm kind of nervous. And so, you know, and I said, I feel like the Lord said, if you'll just take my hand, you can get up. I was just obeying what the Lord said. And I, I physically could feel the anointing on my body. She said, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. So I, I left. I said, okay, bless you. I'll be praying for you. I pray that the Lord would touch you. And uh, um, the Bible says that Jesus went to his own hometown and because of their unbelief could there do no mighty work. The word of God was stopped because of people's unbelief. And that happens in our hearts a lot. I mean, think about that. Here's Jesus who could do anything, <laughs> right? And the people in his own hometown, they belittled the gift within him. They despised it. They made. They made. They, they. They said, "Oh, that's the carpenter's boy. Oh, that kid. He's from down the street. He used to play with so and so." And he. And they. They listen. They made what was God inspired and God breathed. They made it into nothing. They made it common. Amen. Be watchful over that. Amen. And so, of course, God and I had a long conversation about that lady. I was like, "God, what was that?" And he said, "That was a test for you, and it was a test for her." You passed the test and she failed the test. He said, but the good thing is, is I, there's always a retake with me. I said, well, thank God. He said, you had a retake right there in Red Lobster. She'll, she'll get a retake. Amen. That's how good, I mean, remember Jesus' grace and truth. Amen. Y'all receive something tonight? Amen. God's good. Amen. All right. Well, let's pray. We'll be dismissed. Father God, we thank you for your word tonight. Father, we thank you that you said what you wanted said tonight. We thank you that you imparted what you wanted to be imparted tonight. Father, I pray that when we leave here tonight, that we'll not just say, oh, that, that tasted good, or that, that was a good word, or that particular uh, verse was great. That, Father, we'll go home, we'll chew on it, we'll meditate, we'll talk it over with you. We'll, we'll ask you, Father, what does that mean to me? How does that apply to my life? What's the takeaway for me, Father? And then, Father, we'll be doers of the word. So, Father, I declare that right now, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, see if, uh, Martin, would you help him with that? Everybody stand up. We're going to say, uh, say these confessions together to end tonight. And I'd like you to... Listen to the anointing as you do it. The Holy Spirit's going to breathe on it, and I believe He's going to change us. And please don't say this like you would say the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> okay? Say this out of your heart. Amen? Because every one of these are based on truths. Now listen, Tristy and I, we used to have a bunch of these that we hung up on our refrigerator, or we had them on our mirror when we woke up, or we put them in our car. I literally had them taped on my dash from time to time. I mean, there were different scriptures and, and things when I was walking through certain things in my life. I would put certain scriptures in certain places so that I could say those things because I knew when I woke up, I was going to have some thoughts in my head that were contrary to what I wanted to happen. And so I would get my, my mind. Listen, the Bible says that we're renewed. You know, our minds are renewed by the word of God. Amen. And so when we speak these things, know that your mind is actually being renewed. I don't have time to go into Dr. Carolyn Lee's teaching, but when you speak things, it actually changes the way your brain is functioning. Things are being made in your brain.
Amen? So as you say these things, you need to know your mind is being renewed and you're being equipped. Amen? All right, so you can just say this after me. Jesus is the Word made flesh. The word always produces a harvest of grace and truth for me. The word always prospers in the thing where God has me send it. I have strong faith because I listen and hear the word of God. My salvation comes and is coming as I hear the word. The word always works when I do as the word says to do. I am a doer of the word and not a hearer only. My spiritual growth comes by hearing the word. My deliverance from destruction comes from the Word. The Word of the Living God is alive and active in me and my life. The love of God is in my heart from hearing the Word. My healing and wholeness in every area comes from the Word of God. He sent his word and healed me. My prosperity comes from the word of God. I am prosperous. My strength comes from the word of God. I am strong. All things that pertain to my life and godliness comes by his word. God's divine nature is imparted to me through His Word. My victory comes from the Word of God. I am victorious. My protection comes from the Word of God. I am protected. The Word of God is all-powerful in every circumstance of my life. Answered prayer comes from the Word of God. My prayers work. The Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I hide God's Word in my heart and it keeps me from sin. By His Word, I am free. Thank God, I am free. Amen. Give him praise. Bless him. Thank you, Father.